Did you know that Alabama is the only state that contains all of the natural resources it takes to manufacture iron and steel? They are also the largest supplier of cast iron and steel pipe products. Welcome to the Lore of the South. Welcome back to Lore of the South with me, Kelly Cruz. Hope you are all doing well. Things seem like they're trying to get back to normal out in the real world. And maybe that's why I've been on a sci-fi kick over the past couple of weeks. If you're a sci-fi fan, check out Andy Weir. He's the guy who wrote The Martian. His new book is called Hail Mary, and it is so good. All three of his books take place in space and are both thrilling and believable. And to me, believable sci-fi is good sci-fi. He's got to be, in my opinion anyway, one of the best technical writers since Michael Crichton. But I digress. My little sci-fi kick reminded me of a real-life event from the 1950s that sounds like the beginning of a 50s B-movie. And that brings us to episode 17, It Came From Outer Space. Government 1950s America. The grand old USA, fresh and fully charged off her victory against the Axis powers in World War II, she shined up her shoes and is ready to go to town. Our men and boys are home and back to work in a post-war boom. Jobs, births, and new babies are booming. But what is that looming in the distance? It's the red threat of the Soviet Union. The fear of communism is widespread and the Cold War is gathering steam. This brought about a new crop of films popular with the youth. Science fiction? Body snatchers? Commie spies parading as your friends or neighbors? You be the judge. Now join us in a real-life harrowing tale about a housewife from Alabama. November 30th, 1954, in Sylacauga, Alabama near three in the afternoon. Witnesses report seeing something streaking across the Alabama winter sky. Some say it looked like a roaming candle. Some said it was like a welding arc. Others thought that maybe it was the Russians or a plane falling from the sky. Whatever it was, the fireball could be seen from three different states. It was so huge. Nearby, a farmer by the name of Julius McKinney was driving a mule-drawn wagon when his team became skittish and wouldn't move past a black rock in their path. McKinney jumped down and moved the rock from the roadway and continued about his business. In a modest rental home, located across from the town's drive-in movie theater called The Comet, you'll see why this is ironic in a moment, y'all, 34-year-old Ann Hodges wasn't feeling well and decided to lay down and take a late afternoon nap on her living room sofa. She awoke to a searing pain in her side and a house full of dust. Her mother, who had been working in the kitchen, came running in to see what had happened. She had thought that maybe the chimney had fallen in or maybe one of the space heaters had exploded. What she found was something that was not of this world in origin. A meteorite had crashed through the roof, ricocheted off of Hodge's large console radio, and struck a sleeping Anne on the couch. The police and fire department were called, and soon Anne became a minor celebrity, famous for being the only known person to survive a meteorite strike. 
She and her giant bruise appeared on the cover of Life magazine and even on a game show. The authorities and Anne herself reasoned out that the only way she had survived the strike was that the space rock had been slowed by crashing through the roof, its bouncing from the radio, before it landed on Anne's quilt-covered body on the couch. A direct hit from the grapefruit-sized rock would have been the death of her. The meteorite itself was thought to have originated in the asteroid belt that is located between Mars and Jupiter, and was estimated to be as old as our solar system itself, around four and a half billion years old. Word spread quickly, and upon hearing what had happened to Ann Hodges, Julius McKinney went back out to where his mule team had been spooked by the rock. He reckoned that might not be just some ordinary stone, and brought it back to the house with him. And he had reckoned correctly. He had completely by chance found the other half of the meteorite that had struck Ann. McKinney obtained a lawyer to help in the selling of a space rock, and though no sale price was ever disclosed, he was able to purchase a farm and a new truck. Anne and her husband had the same idea. They too would like to make some money off of the meteorite that had left Anne bruised and shaken, but their landlady had plans for the space debris as well. The landlady, Bertie Guy, claimed ownership of the meteorite because it landed on or in her property. Anne herself was quoted as saying, I think God intended it for me. After all, it hit me. Guy soon sued the Hodges to try to gain ownership of the meteorite. Hodges and Guy settled out of court, and the Hodges agreed to pay their former landlady $500 for the rights of ownership. The Hodges had been offered $5,000 for it, but that soon fell through after the median sensation surrounding the meteorite died down. The Hodges reportedly used it as a doorstop for a while before donating it to the Alabama Museum of Natural History in 1956. Anne passed away in a Silicaga nursing home at the age of 52 due to kidney failure. Side notes. Out of curiosity, I decided to look and see how many people have been struck by falling space debris throughout history. And this is what I found. You know, it might have been a meteor explosion that destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah in or around the year 1700 BC. A group of Christian scientists published an article in 2017 with their findings. In 616 CE, a Chinese record reported of a falling star that annihilated a group of rebels. 1341, also in China, there was an accounting of iron rain that left holes in all of the houses in the surrounding landscape. Many people and animals were killed during the meteorite shower. 1490, Tens of thousands were killed when a meteor exploded over another Chinese city. In 1648, two sailors were killed aboard the Malacca when an eight-pound rock fell from the sky and hit the pair. The ship was sailing its spice route between Holland and the Dutch East Indies. In 1888, in the Ottoman Empire, a fireball exploded and pelted a rack with falling stones. One man was killed and another was paralyzed. Not that long ago, in 2013, ooh, Lord, it's a Russian word, Jablinsk, Russia, an asteroid the size of a house exploded and injured 1,200 people. I'll include a video link in the show notes for this one. So, Ann Hodges was either one of the luckiest or unluckiest people to ever live, and it all depends on how you look at it. 
If you're a comedy fan, I highly recommend the Southern comedian Stuart Huff. But listener beware, he is not a clean comic. He gets pretty blue. He's got a bit of a potty mouth. But he's the first place I ever heard the story of Anne. He does a good job of weaving kind of bits of history in with his comedy. Be sure to follow us on social media. Just search for Laura of the South. We're most active on Facebook and Instagram. I always post pics to go along with each episode. And if you enjoyed this episode or any of our episodes, please share with a friend or two. And if you feel so inclined, we'd love to have your five-star written review on your favorite podcast app. It would be so greatly appreciated. And when we get a few baked, I will be reading them out loud on the podcast for y'all to hear. And thanks for listening, and we'll talk to y'all later on Lore of the South.